Denver gets a win over Memphis. They can win ugly as well as win pretty. Reggie Jackson shines. Zeke Najee has maybe his best defensive game of his career. And man, the Nuggets are carrying a lot more intensity than I thought they would. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making this your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us and joining us on whatever platform you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, five-star review would be much appreciated, or on YouTube, where you can catch the show at youtube.com slash Nuggets and catch our live shows throughout the week. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network coming to you on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I elected to not do a show on Thursday because I wanted to get a show in after the Memphis game. And I was completely wiped out last night and and had an early basketball game for my daughter. Uh, so I decided to do it this afternoon. Hope you guys enjoy the game or starting to enjoy the season on today's show. We will talk about how Denver beat the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis 108-104 in a game that I believe was probably not quite as close as the final score indicated. Uh, we'll talk about Reggie Jackson's come up and how great he's playing alongside Nikola Jokic in particular. We'll talk about Peyton Watson and Peyton Swatson as well as Zeke Naji and his defense. And we'll talk about Denver's intensity level and what they brought to the table. All that and more on today's show. I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. The easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's get started. So the Nuggets beat the Grizzlies in Memphis 108 104. Uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray both put in 22 points. Reggie Jackson is the third leading scorer with. 16 off the bench, seven of 13 shooting, hit two threes and plugged in six assists. Um, we will get to him in the second segment. This was, I thought, a game when I went back and watched on second watch this morning. The Nuggets were generating really high quality looks throughout this game with the starters. And that's not surprising. They're the best team in basketball. Uh, much of the reason that this game was close was a combination of Memphis's impressive resiliency at home, trying to get a win and break a losing streak. Uh, some poor shooting. KCP goes two of six from three. Uh, Jamal Murray goes seven of 17 from the field in this one. Uh, Christian Brown goes two of six from the field, one of four from three point range. MPJ still can't get above um you know, 40% from three he goes two of five, which is better than he's been at, but he also goes three of seven from the field. Aaron Gordon goes five of 11. The Nuggets as a whole only shot 47% from the field. Their offensive rating was not impressive in this one. And as uh dragon comments in the section, uh, Jokic had nine turnovers. He was really sloppy. I, I will be honest with you. So I, this is the problem I always going to have with Nikola at this point in his career. Nikola Jokic last night goes for 22 points, 12 boards, seven assists, one steal, one block, eight of 14 from the field. Five years ago, I'm like, no, that was a great game from Jokic. 22 and 12, you'll take it with seven assists. You'll take that every time. It is not five years ago. And so we judge Nikola by the standard that his MVPs and finals MVP is set. 
this was a terrible Nicola game um, by his standard for relative of the 80th percentile of the NBA. It was a great game with a lot of turnovers by Nicola standards. It was terrible. Um, he was to me, the only player that really gave poor effort defensively. He just got torched in pick and roll again um, was getting beat on small plays. Like Xavier Tillman got him on a post up um, pump fake back move. Jackson went by him several times. Nicola's defense was really poor in this game. And it was a big reason why the nugget, why the Grizzlies were able to keep coming back in various stints and why Jokic only wound up like when Jokic winds up with a plus six, when Reggie has 16 points, even though Reggie was a minus the bench was minus, but we expect that you expect for the Nicola minutes to be better than plus six. It's you put like Jokic plus only plus six with nine turnovers and you wind up in a spot. Now, some of the turnovers were like guys not calling out the wolf on the backside, right? Or the robber, whatever you want to call it. Um, and various like random sequences. But in general, Nicola didn't have a very good game. Um, I think he can play better. And I thought it was actually kind of interesting in that I thought Nicola's level of defensive effort was so much lower than everybody else's, which I'll talk about in the third segment. Jokic was still plus six. So, I'm not like criticizing Nikola Jokic, just being like, yeah, not a great game. Nine turnovers, too much, sloppy, made some mistakes. He did have an absolutely incredible out-of-bounds lob. Um, he's always looking for these plays. You no doubt have seen it on social media. If you haven't, go look it up on YouTube. Just look for uh, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Grizzlies lob. And he's always looking for the, the officials on turnovers to give him the ball quickly. They did in this instance and Memphis in particular was like walking back frustrated with the call. Aaron slips down court and Jokic delivers an absolute fastball laser dime, which honestly I, I'm as impressed with the fact that Aaron was able to catch it considering the velocity on the thing. Like it, it was so fast. The camera couldn't keep up with it. So you just see the switch to Gordon dunking it an absolutely bizarre and insane pass that only Nicola can really throw. That said, not a great game. Uh, so how then did, did Denver control this game and win it? Reggie Jackson gave really good plays. Uh, Peyton Watson goes three or four from the field and adds nine points, including two of three from the three-point line uh, and adds three blocks. You know, Jamal does hit four threes. That's helpful in a game like this where the Nuggets wind up with 14 made three-pointers to Memphis's 10. And honestly, Denver's defense was really good. Like, we'll talk about this in the final segment, but I, Denver's defensive intensity is so much higher than I anticipated it would be. I thought they would sleepwalk early and then ramp up a little bit and then ramp up a little bit more because that's honestly what they did last year and then, you know, kind of tail off. The, the defensive intensity, and I'll, I want to note in particular, Jamal Murray was battling. Like, he battled Desmond Bain. He battled Derrick Rose. He battled all these guys. He had a weak side block on a play under the rim. That was really impressive. It was absolutely um, phenomenal. Like it was just absolutely incredible how this team has defended. Uh, I, I looked this up through two games. Kentavious Caldwell Pope and Aaron Gordon have combined for 17 stocks. That's steals plus blocks. Aaron's everywhere. Like on every play, Aaron is everywhere in these games. And Aaron is playing phenomenal basketball. It, it is truly an instance where I don't think that Aaron Gordon's play is being illustrated uh, in the box score. You know, Aaron goes for 
10 points on 11 shots, only two boards for Aaron in this one, three assists, three steals and a block in this one. He had another four stocks in this game. And it's not a coincidence that he and Jamal had the best plus minus at plus eight. Like they were absolutely tremendous in this game. And Memphis would Denver would get it to 11 or nine or, or eight. And then Memphis would make a little bit of a push and get back. And whether it was like random sequences of, of 50, 50 balls or um, getting past the initial line of defense and getting to the rim to keep this game close. But ultimately I didn't really ever have a a sense or a feeling either on first watch or rewatch that they were going to lose this game. It felt very much like Denver was in control. The other thing I would kind of note here is I was kind of thinking about it, you know, in, in football, they have time of possession, right? Where it's like, if your defense is dominating, you've got the ball and your offense is, is productive. You can just keep the ball all the time. I, I have to look up what, what Denver's uh, time of lead is in the first two games, but it's got to be absolutely massive. Last year, even there was a lot more variance in like, okay, the nuggets go up 10. Oh, they're down two. Okay, they're back up five. Oh, they're down two, like back and forth. And that'll probably be how it is when we get to January. But I've been really impressed by the fact that in these first two games, like Denver has just kept control. And Memphis was working very hard to try and produce the stuff that they did. Like Memphis, I I thought, gave really good effort and busted its ass to hang with the Denver Nuggets. Now, they're without Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, Ja Morant, um, Santi Aldama, who's actually important, and Luke Kennard, who would have been, he, I like Kennard and think he's important for Memphis. He would have been roasted by the Denver's offense. He just, he's a liability in that respect. Um, they were missing what's a pretty good starting five. Like if you put John Morant, Luke Kennard, Santi Aldama, Brandon Clark, and Steven Adams on the floor, I would expect that unit to be positive against the average teams. But hey, that's how it goes. And I thought that Memphis gave a lot of effort. But this is part of the thing, though, is Memphis gave a lot of effort, and I never felt like they were going to win. And it's not just the talent differential. It's how Denver is playing, which, again, we'll talk about in the third segment. Um, want to give Zeke Naji a special credit here, where this was an absolutely incredible game from Zeke Naji defensively contained Jaron Jackson Jr. off the dribble, switched on to Derrick Rose, switched on to, Des- uh, on to Desmond Bain, um, made multiple efforts on all these types of plays. Uh, Zeke winds up a minus two. He had seven points on three or four shooting, um, got to the line for, for another two free throws, two steals and a block um, for, I'm sorry, two blocks for Zeke Naji. And those blocks were really impressive. Like they just played really well. Um, this was a great game for the Zeke Naji kind of uh, surge. Now, Look, again, Memphis in particular doesn't have anybody. They have no one on the bench, on their front court. Like, as a Memphis guy, I'm extremely frustrated by the front office's refusal to go out and get a dude. Like, Kenny Lofton Jr. is not playing. They're they're playing David Roddy, 6'4", at power forward. Like, what are we doing? But there were minutes where uh, Zeke was was matched up on X, Xavier Tillman, and... Jaron Jackson, and he played great in both those situations. The combination and the athleticism of Zeke Naji, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, that unit's defensive upside is what Calvin Booth kind of envisioned, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. Now, they're losing their minutes, and that's okay, because when you look at this and you go, Zeke was a minus two, Reggie and Peyton were a minus four. That's okay. Like, you live with that. That's fine. If you're not minus double digits, the Nuggets are going to win Almost all of those games. The bar is so low, and that is well over the clearance. 
Like minus four is completely acceptable. Um, so that's absolutely really terrific. Um, I, I I just think that this wasn't like a dominant oh my god game from from Denver, but in their first road game in a for a team that lost its opener badly to the Pels and really needs to get off the snide. Denver did a lot, like getting Desmond Bain in foul trouble, managing all of this. They did a really good job. Like the Grizzlies as a team in this game shot 44% from the field and 30% from three-point range. Denver uh, took four more threes in this game, got four more threes. That's good efficiency on that. Uh, Denver was outshot the free throw line by six. They gave up a bunch of and ones. They gave up more turnovers uh, based off of that that nine figure from Nikola Jokic. It was, uh, I'm sorry, the Grizzlies had more with 20 because uh, Xavier Tillman had a bunch of them. Uh, This was just a really good game. Like, it was just a really good performance and a totally good effort from the Nuggets in which a lot of the other guys play well, including Reggie Jackson, who we've got to talk about. And why, if Reggie Jackson's going to play like this, especially in the Jokic minutes, the Nuggets, if they're healthy, are going to win 60 games. We'll talk about that next. Right now, let's talk about Ibotta. Uh, Ibotta is an absolutely phenomenal app that allows you to get cash back on all of your expenses. You know, big holidays mean big family get-togethers, but you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return. With Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all of your favorite sides for free. Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. We're also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is absolutely phenomenal. It is daily fantasy sports and lets you play not against other people, but you're just playing the numbers. It's the most fun that you can have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Testing your skills on Price Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you got the skills, you can turn $10 into 250 with just a few taps. It's simple to play. You get to make your picks in just uh, 60 seconds or less. It's really fun to just go through and just go tap, 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 and you're good to go. And you've got something that you can play in daily, daily fantasy sports on the game. They offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts that select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And they now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits in your account this football season. And with the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and CFB top 25 matchups, college football, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy platform with injury insurance. Make sure to check out Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We'll be right back on Lockdown Nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets, thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Sunday. Uh, chat's bumping as always. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Saturday. Uh, we will be uh, tomorrow, Adam Mars and I, tomorrow night, Sunday night, 
around 9 p.m., we'll have World's Finest recapping the Thunder game and getting into re like looking ahead to the Utah game as well as Adam's thoughts on the week. Make sure to check that out. Let's talk about Reggie Jackson. Oh boy. Uh, so Reggie Jackson was one of the biggest question marks and everyone was kind of like dreading it. And they really, nobody really liked that he was being brought back. Adam and I were among them because Reggie doesn't seem like he fits in with how the Nuggets play basketball. Reggie said all the best things at media day. And he really kind of won that day with uh, just his perspective on things and how excited he was to be here. Reggie uh, last night was 16 points, seven of 13 shooting two of five from three, six dimes, which is really important. Now he finishes a minus four and he's part of that lineup. That's the differential between when Jamal was on the court and as a plus eight and Jokic being minus or being plus six, right? He's part of that equation, but it's hard to look at how Reggie played and say that any of that was on him in this game. He played really well. I am not so beholden to plus minus that I'm just like, Oh, he was worse. Reggie played really great in this game and he's played phenomenal in the first two games this season. One of the reasons I started to really think and downgrade Denver even more was I was like, look, last year when Jamal exits around the six to seven minute mark of the first quarter, that used to go from Jamal Murray to Bruce Brown and Bruce and the gap between Bruce Brown as an impact player and Reggie Jackson is wide. Those two players like Bruce is an absolutely phenomenal defender. I thought it was weird that people have kind of described Reggie as bad. Reggie's not a bad defender. He's fine. He's not like superb. He has good plays. I thought he was good last night. But like he's not a bad defender, but he's like not Bruce Brown. Like the gap between him and Bruce Brown is is incredible. The gap offensively, I think, is is really key because Reggie doesn't play a free flowing motion offense, and Bruce kind of fits into whatever lineup. So my thought was that these lineups would be really bad, and they might be in time. Like it's still possible that over time the Reggie Jackson Nikola Jokic lineups could wind up being really bad. Currently, they are plus twenty seven, which is is pretty good in net rating. They have absolutely destroyed in the first two games with Jokic and Reggie on the floor. Even in this game last night, they were good. Those minutes have been very productive and they're a big reason why Denver is dominating these first quarters, not just with Jamal, but what we saw last season was when the first seven minutes convincingly, the lead starts to go down. Joker exits the two minute mark, fall off a cliff continue the drop into nothingness or if you had done well then plummet off of a cliff right before joker has to go back in and instead what we're seeing is starters dominate reggie comes in reggie and the starters dominate a little bit of a slide as after joker goes out which is to be expected okay performance until joker gets back in usually one of the two is bad and then the starters come back in. And that second quarter stint is honestly like where these games can get competitive or where Denver can get in trouble. Because I don't think the starters, and this goes back to last season, I don't think the starters play as well in their second matchup versus their first, in part because I think the other teams get rhythm and momentum in the non-Joker minutes, and you're always going to be battling against that. Now, they're great in that fourth quarter. That's really the key here is Denver will be in a lot more trouble if they were to lose the second stint in the second half, that fourth stint, if the starters lose those minutes, then yeah, like, guess what? If you lose the last stint of the game, your odd, your winning percentage is going to drop pretty incredibly. But these Reggie minutes have been really good. And I want to especially note, it's easy to look at last night and go like Reggie hit a deep three off of a DHO with Joker from the top of the key. 
those sequences are, are found money. When you get these kind of shots from Reggie, there was an ISO sequence where uh, Chris Marlowe, the GOAT, actually said, you know, a lot of one-on-one here for Denver. This is not Nuggets basketball. And then he makes this contested pull-up, and he's like, unless it goes in. And that's kind of the thing is if Reggie gives you some of those possessions, because he's not, as a score shooter, Reggie Jackson's not Russell Westbrook. Russ does a lot of things, I think, that don't get enough credit. He's overly criticized. But he's also... A, he's a brick machine. He just is. That's just who he is. The jumper has never gotten there. Reggie's not a brick machine. He's not a great shooter. He's not a terrible shooter. He's fine. And enough of those possessions bring that floor up when you have the defense that Peyton Watch and Zeke Naji and Christian Brown are playing. It brings those bench lineups up to a floor. That means that they're not going to have what they did last year, which is minus 12, minus 14, whatever. If that's the case, and Reggie's going to be a plus in the Joker minutes. Not just a plus. Everybody's a plus in the Joker minutes. If Reggie is going to be a plus relative to my expectation in those minutes. If it's going to be better than a plus six in net rating. And he's going to help set a floor for the bench unit. Denver's going to win 60 games. They just are. Because the intensity level, which I'll talk about in the last segment, is so much higher this season. And because these guys are playing with such an intensity and a clip that is not try hard, it's just focused and dominant. Um, Leo says it also helps that Watson is a lot better than Jeff Green. Watson has hit three so far, and that's a big reason why that's true. There is still a lot of bad stuff from Watson on offense is what I would tell you. And like, you're probably right that he's going to be better than Jeff Green. I don't know that he's going to be as better than Jeff Green as the first two games have showed. But, and if you want to say like, yeah, but the blocks, Jeff got really good blocks too. Like Jeff, Jeff got good blocks. So um, all these types of things I think are, are part of the equation for how to kind of figure out what this is. Um, Zarco says second quarter yesterday lost minutes also came from starters really promising things from bench yeah like this is a lot of it is again I, I am a, I am not worried worried is too much I'm not worried about anything with the Nuggets right now but if you look at the second quarter uh, Jokic was a plus minus a zero in the second quarter and if the bench minutes and like Reggie's a minus four because he's playing with that second unit that just doesn't have any shot creation if that's going to be the case, if the starters are zero in the second quarter, they're still going to win, but they're not going to win as, as the margin's not going to be as heavy. You open it up for a little bit more variance, right? But again, like so much of this is if you're dominating the first quarter and you're dominating the third quarter with the starters and you know that you have the best clutch defense and clutch performance team probably in the league, where are they going to win? Like, I don't know where teams are going to win. If this is how the Nuggets are going to play, they won't be this intense all season. But if they play with this type of intensity, all uh, relative, I just don't know. I don't know how teams are going to slow them down. I don't know how you're going to win these these minutes consistently. If your opponents, the the opponents is like a total. There will be games. I'm not saying they're going undefeated. That would be insane. I'm not saying they're going to win 70 games. But I think that the Reggie Jokic minutes have been so much better than I expected where Reggie really is like making extra plays, 
doing all the small things. Playing within himself. Reggie takes some shots that are definitely outside of Nuggets profile. Because I don't think that Reggie is equipped or hasn't played with him enough, but there are signs. Like there are small sequences where Reggie makes an extra sequence, extra pass, and it generates a really good look. And this is very important because it's a huge differential between Bones last year. In that Bones would would honestly, Bones was a plus with the Jokic minutes. Again, everybody is, because like Jokic, Jokic would free up minutes for shots for, for Bones to be able to get shots. And so Bones would just make it enough. But like Reggie's running offense. And that's really good. Uh, Steve says, can we stop with the Reggie Jamal minutes though? No, like I just accept it. So last thing before we, we, we get to the final segment, I need to really make this clear. I, everyone I think kind of agrees that the best thing to do would be a staggered j- Joker. Like you bring Joker out at like the seven minute mark. You bring him back to start the second. He takes a rest in the second quarter, comes back to close. That'd be the best. Joker doesn't want to do that. Like that's a, I need to make this very clear. That's a Joker decision. And there is a very big misunderstanding of how coaches manage rotations in the NBA, where we still think of it as like, well, he's the coach. He sets the rotation. No, 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 no. That is not how this goes. Uh, Michael Malone makes a very good salary and makes several million dollars a year. Nikola Jokic makes 30. Jamal makes 35. Like, the power imbalance here is real. And it's not even so much that there's tension there. It's that Malone like wants to empower Jokic. And if Jokic says, I want to play the first eight minutes and I want to play the last eight minutes. And that's what I want to do. It's like first eight, last eight, 32 minutes a game. And if he needs to play more and Malone needs him, he'll do it. But like that's Joker's preferred rotation. So the problem there is if your three best players are Jamal, Joker, and Aaron, and Aaron, for as great as he's been, is not a floor raiser, can't initiate offense the way Jamal can. The only logical assumption is to play Jamal with those second units so you've got one starter on the floor that can create their own shots. And, like, I, look, I said it. I said the Jamal-Reggie minutes are going to be untenable this season. I said that before the season. And they're going to be bad. Like, they're just going to be bad. I also just don't know if you're looking at the cost benefit over the course of the game, if you're destroying in the Jamal Joker minutes and you're destroying in the Reggie Joker minutes and you're losing a small amount in the Reggie Jamal minutes, you kind of live with it. And that's the the gambit that I think Denver is making. On the other side, I want to talk about Denver's intensity, which is so much better than I thought it would be early in the season. If they can keep it up this year and what that means for their capacity to absolutely destroy the regular season. All that more on the other side. Right now, I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm so excited. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. I regret to inform you, I do have a bet uh, against the Denver Broncos in the game that they are playing on Sunday uh, versus an unnamed opponent. And I think that line is too short and that the opposing player quarterback's record against them indicates that there's probably a good chance that they cover that spread, but could be a big win for the Broncos. If they finally snap the streak right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. 
you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. I bet the uh, has suffered a bad beat on Friday night. Had the Houston Rockets money line versus the San Antonio Spurs. Jabari Smith missed two free throws to make it a four point game with 30 seconds left. Spurs force overtime and Weminyama destroys an OT. Uh, but have done off to a pretty good start this season. Did hit some last night, including Nets Mavs over. Mavericks defense is not good. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Last second. Uh, last segment here on Lockdown Nuggets for a Sunday, Saturday. Appreciate you guys being with us. World's Finest on Sunday night, 9 p.m. If you want to join us for World's Finest with Adam Mares. Okay. Um, Steve says, ultimately, I don't trust Reggie. He seems like a great guy, but we're going to hit a stretch where shots won't fall. When that happens, I'm not sure what he has. This is what I'm trying to tell you is that he's creating stuff that isn't just pull-up Jays. Like, he's actually buying in. And yesterday, they looked a lot more like Nuggets basketball with Reggie and Joker than they have in any other stretch that I've seen with Reggie next to Joker. I don't think this is just the shots. Now the, the question is just like, okay, if the shots don't fall, this probably still drops to like a reasonable level, but I really need to be clear on this. They are annihilating teams with the Reggie. They've, sorry, they've eliminated the first two opponents. They have faced. That's a better way to put it. The first two games, they have eliminated their opponents uh, and destroyed them in the Joker Jamal minutes. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Joker Reggie Jackson minutes. It's just, that's that's just what's happened. Um, he has been absolutely incredible. The numbers per pbpstats.com, 25 minutes, 122 offensive rating and a 94 defensive rating. It's been really good. Like, I, I just cannot stress if that's going to be the, the case this season, maybe it drops off. But if it doesn't, Steve Wynn, then I think you can trust Reggie Jackson a lot more. Let's talk about Denver's intensity. Um. You know, Jamal making extra extra plays and really playing uh, at a good pace. Aaron Gordon and KCP combining for 17 stocks in the first two games. The first game was one thing because I said this, LeBron came down and hit uh, and like dunked, I think, on one of the early plays and was all like locked in, like we're going to get revenge. And the Nuggets said, oh, oh, that's how it's good. Okay, all right. Well, if you want to play that way, let's play that way. Um, but I will just say, the intensity level from the starters has been really impressive. Joker, I continue to think, isn't playing great defense, and I don't expect him to. He doesn't have to. I just need to be very clear on this. Like, Joker doesn't need to be exerting himself defensively early in the season. Why? They pace himself. He's the most important player in the league. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. It's only a problem if you're not giving effort, if you're losing your minutes. Like, Trey Young. That's a problem. But... Joker can give this effort, especially if the other starters are going to pick him up this much. And that's honestly, this is, I thought about this watching the game, that in a game where the offense wasn't perfect, was far from it. That the other players are, the other starters are picking up that defensive side for Joker. Where it's not like, oh, you can get to Joker and really target him and make him a weakness and make it untenable because they're making so many plays, whether it's Aaron Gordon deflections and steals or KCP deflections and steals or Peyton Watson blocks or uh, Jamal Murray, honestly, defending really well, getting over screens. You know, there's 
that's like how they can pay Joker back for what he does for them offensively. Now, Jamal is a little bit different because Jamal is in his own right, a superstar offensive player. And like MPJ's done this, not just defensively where he's been great. And we've talked about that, but offensively, like MPJ had three assists last night. He found Joker on a really nice post-up spin move, gave it back to Joker for a little layup. Like, it's just like a little play where MPJ probably shoots that contested two years ago and now is able to trust and find ways to set up Joker and make plays for, for, for him. And again, I want to be very clear on this. Joker had 22, 12 and seven, like he doesn't need to be picked up, but it's cool for me that Denver can create a margin of error where they are never really threatened in this game, despite the Grizzlies battling as hard as they did. Denver always controlled this game because they're able to pick up on a night where Joker has nine turnovers. Like think about this, how many players in the league can have nine turnovers in a game and finish with a plus minus in the box score? Like how many guys in the league can have nine turnovers and finish plus six? If KD has nine turnovers, the Suns are going to be minus six. If Luka Doncic has nine turnovers, Luka is going to be minus four. Like it's just not going to happen very often. And they're picking them up that way. Can they keep this up? That's a good question. Like, that's a very good question. Um, and that's, it kind of starts to think to, with tomorrow night. Tomorrow is the first game where I think the opponent brings a level of intensity, depth and talent to the table that in a home environment that Denver is going to face here um, between the two games. OKC is playing phenomenal. Their defense is incredible right now. And part of that's Chet Holmgren, who Joker should bully, but also has impossibly long arms. Part of that's Shea, who gives Denver problems no matter when they play. And then, But they've got contributions from all sorts of guys. All of the Thunder guys are playing well. And that's going to be a challenge, I think, for Denver. This is going to be a really good test. This is also going to be a little bit better of a test, I think, than the Lakers were. Uh, not that the Lakers aren't good or a better team than the the than the thunder but the thunder are playing better right now and i think that's pretty evident off of the first two lakers games so this is going to be a real challenge and i'll be interested to see kind of what this game looks like but all in all a really promising start 2-0 for the denver nuggets defending champion start to the season it's gonna do it for locked on nugget thanks for joining us happy have yourselves a great saturday night we'll see you on sunday night for world's finest make sure to rate review and subscribe give us a like button we'll see you guys again tomorrow on locked on nuggets